G'day guys, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of Potty Magic. Thanks to everyone that's uh, regularly tuning in and listening to the podcast and uh, loving all the feedback uh, as always. Just a reminder to like, subscribe, uh, share and also rate the podcast a uh, five star. It really does go a long way into uh, getting the episodes up in the charts, getting bigger and better guests on every single episode and uh, continue to uh, do an episode every week of 2023. So we really, really appreciate it if you've just got uh, a couple of minutes to go and do all of that. I've got a great episode today. I'm joined by Chris Main, who played a, a heap of games, 248 games for Fremantle and Collingwood. He was a, a great storyteller. We'd go on all sorts of different tangents when you think of this story and that story. There's stuff about Pav. There's a cracker about Barry Hall and Adam Goods uh, in his first couple of years. There's some good Ross moments in there as well. Um, and also sort of listen to, um, uh, I guess, some of the mindset stuff that uh, Chris was also implementing all throughout his career that uh, made him one of the most accurate set, shot, uh, set shots at goal uh, to ever play, which is pretty amazing. So so I hope you enjoy the episode. Just a reminder to share, rate, like, and subscribe to my channels as well on Spotify, Apple, and uh, YouTube. And uh, yeah, buddy, love your work. Let's get into the podcast with Chris. Welcome back to Potty Magic. Very excited for the episode today. I have got a massive, massive name in with me. Played 248 games for both Fremantle and Collingwood. Kicked 207 goals. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to hear uh, some of the awesome stories and uh, everything about his career uh, on this uh, episode. Please welcome Chris Main. Welcome to Potty Magic, mate. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thank you very much for uh, coming on down. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear all these uh, stories. You had it like a pretty big career, like going through, you know, some of your your stats and, and your games and, um, you know, the, the whole journey. It was a really long career. It's crazy. Yeah, I think when I reflect back on it now, um, yeah, I'm pretty proud that I was able to kind of forge out that career. I think, yeah. you know, you grow up in the in the juniors and you, you kind of find yourself one of the best players in the team and you kind of go on about your business and then, you know, you get to, I suppose, the waffle level and you, you, you're, you kind of level out or you kind of set yourself above the rest and then, you know, I was fortunate enough to get drafted and I think when I rocked up to Ferrer that day and I'm seeing like the likes of Peter Bell and Matthew Pavlich and... In my mind, I'm like, fire it. I'm no longer. Yeah, you know, the best exactly. Year. You're, really, a, you're a small fish in the big pond I'm now. I really figure out how I'm going to have to kind of build my identity to be able to last in the system. And I think, you know, having the likes of, of Pav, um, who was pretty much a mentor to me, and Ryan Murphy, um, you know, two terrific kind of forwards themselves or one of the champion of the game. Um, but they're kind of like, wisdom straight up was like find your identity you know believe in yourself and I was just like how am I going to do this like what have I got to do what have I got to do and I kind of took what I I learned from the league um at Perth at the time I was like you know what it's going to be the best pressure forward yes like build an identity around that uh, bring my teammates into the game so I just loved cracking in in that regard and then yeah seemed to bluff them the 248 of them, and I probably should have got the 250. Bucks cost me so close. Two first, games, honestly. <laughs> I could say it now to him because me and Bucks have a really good relationship, but yeah, yeah. He, he cost me my 250. Oh, Bucks kept, kept me out of the side. I'm sure he's long. listening, but still dirty. All right, still probably dirty no, out here. I love him. He's, um, I think that was uh, that's probably the best experience I had, as much as as hard as it was, but that was the best experience. So, yeah, the journey of well, 15 years was um. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that sort of like era that you were playing for Fremo, because I'm a big Freo supporter, obviously, that was like nostalgia for me. Looking back, looking at all the games, and I've had, you know, chatted to Ryan Crowley and Hayden Valentine and stuff. And uh, I always remember watching you with, the, you know, the frizzy hair, obviously. 
But also the quads, mate. It was quadzilla. They were like this, yeah. the huge BMOs. What were you doing to get the legs that big, bro? Oh, <laughs> they yeah. were huge. Uh, I think a little bit of genetics there. But yeah. I just, you know, you rock in as a young kind of 17, 18-year-old and next minute you're into this full gym program and uh, the whole lot, you know. So, you know, you get to a, a point where you're starting to put 150 plus on your back and stuff like that. Probably didn't do too much. Didn't do me any good for my back yeah, injuries, yeah, yeah. but you start doing that, and then yeah, you, you build a bit of a size because you need to be able to match it with the the rest of the big beasts the big fellas, in the yeah. AFL. So you kind of got to get to that part already. And I think you look look at like some of the blokes coming now, like Fifey and Hilly, huge came in at sixty nine or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. and Fifey rocked up the next tree season. I was like, who is? That? <laughs> I was like, this bloke is just like gone to four. And I was like, I remember just looking at him when he rocked in. I was like. Is that? Yeah. You turn right. around, I was like, he was massive. It was like he put on 20 kegs. I in do the remember because when he did get there, he was so skinny to yeah. start it off with. And then, yeah, you're right. All of a sudden, he was just huge. huge. So, yeah. Same with Lockie Neal. He all of a sudden came back. He always had calves. Lockie always had these big, thick calves. Um, I'm always pretty envious of people's calves because yeah. I have none, which um, I always talk about. But it's. Uh, calves. I don't have calves. <laughs> Hilly had calves, and that's because he ran so fast. But I, um, yeah, just suppose a bit of genetics, genetics help there. And. Was able to put on a little bit as well, which was good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I fluctuated different roles I played throughout the at my career where my weight would fluctuate in that regard. Till it's been pretty even the last probably six, seven years. But. Yeah, yeah, and a couple of layups just to get the uh, you know the conversations going, some stories, thinking about stuff. So, uh, who'd you grow up supporting? I was a Kangaroos supporter. Kangaroos man, up. really. Yeah, wow. Peter Bell was my favorite, one of my favorite players. Wow, that is wild. So you literally it was awesome. Yeah, there. no, it was pretty awesome because I remember when I. I, uh, I remember like growing up supporting kangaroos and I was, I was only child. So I was out in the front yard, throwing the ball up into the tree and then whenever it would fall down, that was like a ruck tap and I'd be straight onto it, calling out names like Peter Bell, Adam Simpson, wow. you know, Brent Harvey and then kicking it to Carey and the like. So I remember just playing that and then um, when I got drafted, that first thing Dad said to me, he goes like, you're going to get to meet Peter Bell and – it was pretty crazy because I remember walking into the clubhouse, Reese Palmer rang me the night before. He's like, mate, we'll go together first thing in the morning. And I was like, yep, too easy. Massive noise in the background. I was like, where are you? He's out and about. <laughs> I was like, once, you, sounds, sounds once you know Reese now, you kind of realise <laughs> yeah. that was normal. Um, but I was like, mate, we've got to be at the club at seven. He was like, yeah, I'll be there. He probably went straight through. Um <laughs> But then rocked off and I see Belly like, um, you know, in the old Frio kind of um, – clubhouse like down near the boxing gym kind of doing some stuff on the med ball and as I've walked past like Reese has already gone I kind of caught him in the corner of my eye and I'm kind of I reckon he, he stopped doing his exercises because he's got this 17 year old blonde locks just standing yeah, just there kind of staring at him, at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably thinking I'm one of those kids that come in and have yeah, a tour yeah, of the yeah, facility yeah. and I'm it's also in South Frio there he's going who is this yeah. just walking past he, <laughs> he walks in and he ends up going like you know hi Chris and starts rattling off like you know, who I am and my parents' names and everything. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was yeah. like, it just made it even better and, and that experience. And um, But then, like, it all just came in. It's like Shawnee Mack and then Carr Brothers, Pav, Big Aaron, you know, Luke McFarlane, even Dave. Like, I loved Dave when I first got there. Like, it was just, yeah, that was that was such an incredible experience. And then, like, the Wiz, Dottie, oh, yeah, Grove, Jono, Rog. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just Everyone. keep, like, that whole group um, – even though they did their best work, you know, after a game, night out. But 
during those first few seasons I was there, we couldn't quite get the uh, on the park right. But um, I just as people, like they were amazing. Like they were really welcoming to all the um, the first years that came in, and and then um, you know that's why I was just yeah, it was pretty special having that opportunity to meet Belly like that, and then even playing some games with him. It's like unreal. He's ruthless out there, which is good too, because like he demands excellence, I suppose, of you. Um, even though you're a first year player or you have like he'll just be diligent in that regard. So, you know, when you're playing games and stuff, it's, um, yeah, that's that's obviously expected. But, yeah, it was pretty awesome to meet him. And, and then you just get to work, you know. You kind of go through that awe in the first couple of weeks and you're kind of doing a bit of media on the side and you're kind of not really thrown into all the drills because they're trying to protect you a little bit. And and then, yeah, once you get kind of past that couple of weeks and then you get past the Christmas party, then you're sweet. Then it's good. Then it's just, yeah, 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 that's right. Then you're into the season and you're kind of flowing and you've gotten past all the stuff you need to get through. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's pretty cool. That's that awesome. And was there someone throughout, you know, any of the years that you played that you just hated playing on? Like either that they were just annoying or they would be sort of like, had you know that they'd maybe play really well on you or anything like that? Um. Oh, you're too nice. I reckon, I reckon you're too nice to be saying anyone who you actually hate playing on. <laughs> nah, well, look, I, the way I kind of explain as a forward, I've always found it funny when midfielders like would complain about getting tagged, especially in my first few years. I was like, yeah, mate, we get tagged every game. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's, you know, that's happens, mate. That's why, you know, especially if you play the graveyard shift, you know, high forward, all you do is you're like up for a bit of pressure and then the ball goes over your head and then you run back to try to put it on, but Pav's already marked it. So like you don't get a look in a game. So it's um, – I think when I was um, – when Harvey said to me, he goes, mate, look, you're going to tag this week, pulled me into the room and I was like, fuck, what's going on? He's pulled me up to the office, come down in front of the boys, up to the office. Come this way. And no. I was like, I'm not looking around just to see if there's any smirks going on, like, <laughs> see if I'm getting set up because there is a good story. I did get set up happily. Yeah. And I'm just like looking around, nah, and I was like, fuck, I was like, what did I do? Straight away ticking off like – Yep, I'm up. I was early to training. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I haven't done anything at at the club. I'm training pretty well. Yeah, weight nutrition are pretty good. I was like, on the weekend, I didn't even go. I was like, I didn't even go out. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what's happened? So I've like walked up, and he points to the board. I look up there, and he's like, "That's your job." And I was like, <laughs> I looked at him in my head, like I'm thinking this is a gag. I was like, okay, like Adam Goods. <laughs> I was like, I was like, peek at him like, as well. Yeah, I'm yeah. like looking at him, just waiting for something to come out, and he's just like, I'm like, oh, Adam Goods. Okay. He's like, Yep, you, you've got it. You can do this. I'm like, mate. <laughs> I'm like, this is a Brownlow medalist, premiership yeah, yeah, yeah. player. He's six pull, yeah. six to he's start with, 100 well. kilos. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. like. Okay, sweet. So I remember just like walking down there, like, like boys, like you're like, what happened? I was like, oh, Adam Goods this week. So. And they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah, I'm tagging. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Uh, so we get to the game and then I'm, I'm the best thing, I've told the boys at Collingwood this, like this amount of times and a few other boys, like I remember just like walking out, SCG, Pack Stadium, the Bloods, fans, crazy. And you kind of walk out and I remember you're standing in the middle of the time and I've actually seen this game on KO, I think, a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and always when Adzi Trelaw sees it, he always sends a text through just yeah. laughing. <laughs> I remember walking out and I was like, I, I walked straight to the middle, huddle, everyone's pumped up, yeah, getting around me. I walked straight to the middle and I, I kind of don't really, I'm 
suppose I'm not Krause, so I've got no idea what's going on. I think he had Ryan O'Keefe that game too, mm-hmm. so it was like he's probably looking at me laughing like, good luck, mate. This, yeah, you'll, you'll, yeah, get an, yeah, you'll get an in, him. Yeah, yeah. You'll get an insight to what I deal with every week. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I walked up to him and I was like, I remember just like, look, I didn't really need to study good shit. I was like, I know, like I've watched him growing up. Like I know what he's good at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything. And, yeah, everything. <laughs> I was like, Krause even said, like, if he starts off a stoppage, like, he's going to fly through. And I was like, how do I stop that, mate? Like, he's going to just push me over. And he's like, oh, I was like, mate. I just got to I just got to do gotta something. Yeah, I got to yeah. do something. So I was like, I remember just walking to him and he's just standing there. And I think I made it so obvious because I just went up to him. I reckon he could probably could have just seen my pulse just by boom, 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 boom. <laughs> And I was like sweated palms and everything. And like, I already sweaty. And how palms. old are you at this point, by the way? I think I just turned 18. Yeah, so I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm oh fresh. God, yeah. I'm fresh. And I remember him just like standing there with his hands on his hips, just like looked at me. And I was like, I didn't want to look at him. I was like, don't look at him. Don't look at him. He knows you're standing there. Just don't look at him. And he just goes, it's like he wanted to test something. So he walked out to the wing and I was like, damn it, he knows. Yeah, he, he knows I'm on him for the day. He, like, yeah. pushed the winger inside before the, like, because everyone's walking in their positions. Like, we still had probably a minute left. And, and I was, like, turned about. I just, like, I remember as the winger was coming in, I was, like, I can't stay here. So I literally just, like, turned and walked. And he just laughed. And I was, like, <laughs> damn it, he knows. <laughs> he really knows now. And he just, like, whistled at someone in the forward line, told him to come up to the wing, and he just walked straight to the to the cage. Yeah, yeah, He walked straight there. Yeah. And I remember, and I've, I've got Barry Hall coming up and Barry Hall, like, in the deepest voice possible, just said, take him to the goal square and kill him. <laughs> and there was some, like, vulgar language in that as well. And I was like, I'm looking at John on Rodge and I'm like, oh, like, my God. Like, support here. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and I remember I remember just John giving me the wink and then Rodge just going – you're right, mate. And I, was, oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, thanks, mate. And then for some reason, some idiotic reason for me, thought, you know what, I'm going to play him in front. I'm going to play him in front. I'm going to own dangerous space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before even knowing what playing in front and dangerous space was, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to be aggressive. I reckon by the end of the first, he'd probably kicked 2-2 two, two or 2-3. Two, yeah, he's having a good game. He's had a really good game. <laughs> and I reckon about halfway through the first, I get the old runner come up. I think he's just kicked his third. Runners come up to me and said, oh, look, mate, you're going forward. And I said, it took you a quarter and a half to yeah, send me forward. get me out of I here. Said, <laughs> I said, no worries. Even though I did kick one off the halfback flank on him, I Very was pretty nice. happy that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll take that. But uh, he ended up going on for the rest of the night. I think he kicked eight goals, four, and oh, had three oh, Brownlow votes oh. and one in the game. So I kind of set him up nicely for yeah, an absolute curler. But that, that wasn't where it stopped, I think, for halves. He ended up... For the, I think I had um, – I finally had an okay game against – pardon me, but I think I, I, I ended up going to Goddard. But yeah. the way Goddard played kind of for St Kilda was like off the, around like off the back all the time, kind of like a plus one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it made it really easy for me in that regard. Um, but then he would go on ball and then he <laughs> went down four and I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. Like he's amazing. So I'm trying to like stop his influence but – I was able to actually, when he was went as played as a backman, I was able to play as a forward. And I was like, oh, I can just play Beautiful. as a natural forward now. So I had a really good night that night. Kicked a few snags and Excellent. felt like well, I'd, I'd stopped yeah, him. Yeah, Saints yeah. still won. They got there in the end. But it was a better performance. And I think I'd kind of bluffed halves. He's like, you know, it got a, it got a bit of a taste for it. Oh, he's responded really well. We're going to do it again. Yeah. And Carlton comes up and 
same process, mainly. I was like, far out. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I swear I've got to hide during the day so he can't find me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk in. Oh, Chris Judd, sweet. This is going to be oh, awesome. No. <laughs> I was like, the boys started, the boys started oh, laughing. God. I was like, and because it, it was towards the end of the season, so it kind of made it a bit better. But he was like, yep, Chris Judd. I was like, yeah, this is awesome, sweet. Juddy ended up having 33 and kicked three. Oh. <laughs> but he literally, I, was, I remember being on him and he just, he was like, yeah, mate, jump on, it's cool. And just carried me over to the like pack, put his arms in, pull the ball out from everyone, shrug a little bit, <laughs> handball at five metres out looking to a bloke like Gibbsy just running that way to goals. And I was like, mate, oh, like the umpire should have paid a free kick like five minutes ago. I was like hanging off you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Just couldn't just like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You cannot stop oh, it. Yeah. And even Krause like did say he's like, mate, he's he's bloody hard to find. He did say he with a, the when I was being to um, write about it, he said that Chris Yard in that period, oh, just unstoppable. Yeah, like, and Juddy when he probably comes up against side, he's had all the tags in his life, and he gets the good taggers like Krause, etc., that have gone around, and he gets me. And he's thinking, you'll be your team. <laughs> he goes, I. He goes, he goes. Frio don't respect me anymore. This yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they've sent you know first year play Chris. That is great, mate. You're forward. I said, look, mate, I think I'm just experimenting at this point in time <laughs> in my career. <laughs> um, I hope that's okay with you. He came up after the game. He's like, mate, he came up after me. He's like, mate, I loved your game. I was like, yeah, mate, thanks. You know, you you got you, you were pretty good at too. Yeah. <laughs> and then because um, Tendai at the time, I remember Tendai at the time was kind of doing some kind of roles like that. And I think um, I think we got to the point where um, I end up looking at. Uh, when, I remember when we were tagging once with Tendai and um, we were playing against Bulldogs and I had Griffin and Griffin was dominating at that point in time, yeah. and which he had 42 for that game. Um, I remember one point I just said to, to, to Muz, I was like, mate, because like, he, he can run. I was like, if he gets me, I'm going to call out to your name. And late in the quarter uh, – Game and doggies are smashing us. And I remember it was like on the wing, and I could see Tendai. I was like, Tendai, Mosey, Mosey, Mosey. And nothing, like nothing. And he heard me, but he just literally was just standing there and he was just looking at the play, like ball watching, as Ross would say, worst, worst defensive error. Yeah, yeah. I think Griffin gets on the end of it, blah, blah. And after the game, I said, uh, I just stand there and I was like deflated. Last game of the season, I was like, I'm done. Like I need, like this is it, the kind of thing. It's it's reset. Yeah, here. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Mills just walks up, mate. I heard you, but there's no way I was going. <laughs> and I was like, far out. I was like, this is bulldust. Oh, that is so. So good. that's part of the journey of wow, kind of like how is, it goes. I'll tell you what, that. That's a rough start. Just Barry Hall and then Chris Yard, and then oh, that is just uh, that is rough. Barry oh Hall is one scary man. <laughs> I can I can imagine good, when you've so. got to go be one on one, take him to the cage, kill oh, him. <laughs> that was um. <laughs> Yeah, it still gives me tingles this fine song. I remember that. And I tell that story to like some of the first years, like, mate, look, it is what it is. You yeah, just yeah, yeah. and I learned so many lessons. Like I remember when I when I did playing Goodsy, but I learned like, okay, this is what I do with a forward if I get an inexperience back. Yeah. Like, and it helped me later in my career on how I go about it. Like of you get course. to learn from Pav every day, but then I can learn from, you know, Goodsy. You know, you can take things from like Juddy and stuff like that. Like what did they do well and how did they you know, kind of absolutely deflate me as a human being. Yeah, so, totally, yeah. Um, well, it seemed to work. You played a lot of games yeah, after that. So so just, <laughs> every time, like, there was um, adversity or challenges, I thought, you know what, I've got to take what I've learned here and kind of apply it to my own craft. Um, and, and, yeah, I was able to do it. Yeah, love it. I've got a uh, true or false one for this. Is this true? Is this a story true or not? So 
Apparently one day you're in the gym at Fremantle and you and you thought you did your shoulder. True. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish where run home. Anyway, you thought you did your shoulder and you go, oh no, it was really bad. You went to the physio. I said, need the physio, quick get out here. And he says, oh yeah, what's wrong, Chris? And he's feeling around and he goes and he touches the bit and he goes, oh, and I the, the quote I've got is you wince in pain and you wince in pain. <laughs> I was, yeah, somewhere <laughs> about that. <laughs> and then the physio's diagnosis was, mate, it was just your flu shot yesterday i think you'll be right get back in man (laughs) pretty much true yeah actually not pretty much very true (laughs) we're doing i think we're doing military press and i've you know finished our slog at training come off you know have your lunch into your kind of gym sesh and i remember jumping into the buff body and i was just bang i was oh no good and i was like went to go again i was like oh no i've done something here i've cooked i've cooked it like something's happened straight in and i've the boys and and as they were, I think Mickey Barlow said it pretty. That well, was Mick Barlow that gave yeah. me that one. <laughs> a big fan, as big Mickey, fan of the podcast. Mick Barlow, Barlow would say. Um, <laughs> but I walked, I walked into there and yeah, Jeff Boyle, the physio at the time, he just had a quick look at my shoulder and he did all these like movements. I was like, that's fine, that's fine. And then he just pushed straight on. I was like, oh, well, I was like yeah, it. what's that? And he goes, mate, you had a flu jab, didn't you? I was like. Well, yeah, but surely that can't be it. And everyone in the physio rooms, like, you know, when you're getting all the physios, the way it was set up, everyone stopped, you know, because it's yeah, like yeah, there's yeah, been yeah, this yeah. big incident. And then as soon as, like, Boyley said that, like, Boss the whole place just laughed yeah. laughing. And then end of the year when we do our little fine session, and that was just the – that was – I've, I've, been, able to, I've been able to give a lot of ammunition to the boys over the time that they've yeah. thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. So <laughs> – that's one of many of my moments, but yes, oh, that's, that's very true. Good. That's so good. Well, I want to go sort of back, like um, right back to the start of your journey now and just sort of go on through. So you grew up here in Perth. Who did you play juniors for? And I guess uh, was there someone that, um, you know, uh, helped you with your football journey early on or were your parents right into it or you, did you have brothers and sisters, all that sort of stuff? Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so I, I grew up in uh, in Belmont or Kudal. Um, went to Kudal Primary, then Kent Street High School. Yep. Played for the Belmont Bombers my whole – um, junior footy, except when we went down south for a, a couple of years stint, played yep. longer up down there. So um, I I feel like um, as a junior, I the the longer up stint I think changed my footy because um, you go from I suppose city footy, but rules are really regulated, etc. Um, but you go down and play in the country, and I was playing for longer up, and it was like we're in. Would have been what eighty kids at the school probably would have been more, but that's how I remember it. But um, your years three to seven are all in the same team, so, so you're playing against big ones, you're yeah, against little ones, so, everyone in between. And there's no none of this like bump, only bump like it's tackle, mm-hmm. it's it's game on in a way. Rules. So yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's footy. So I, I remember being there as a year four, no year five, yeah year four five, um, and you're straight into it. And you're getting, yeah, you're getting tackled, and you're playing against the older boys, and kind of getting taught a few lessons at the same time. And I reckon that really, I suppose, when I came back to Perth for Year Seven, I think my football benefited from that experience. Um, let alone having Dad always there supporting me and teaching me with footy, but um, that really benefited me. And you know, you get to play a lot against the likes of like Mitch Morton. 
Um, well, I guess it's also like when you're trying to compete in the next level up of wherever it maybe should be right now, yeah. your game is going to rise, isn't yeah. it? You know, Because yeah. you can only be as good as the people that you're playing against. So if you're playing against you know, full league, full tackle, full size guys, full rules, then obviously you're going to progress so yeah. much more, hey? Yeah. It made, made a huge difference, I think, because I was able to come back and, and I suppose implement that type of um, lessons I'd learned straight away and how I'd go about it. And I think I came back and, um, yeah, went up through the ranks of – uh, at Belmont, and then um, got to a point where it was either go to Belmont um, Senior Footy Club with the rest of my mates, um, or it was go to Perth. And um, I'd been invited down to Perth. I'd played all the zones at Perth, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to go play Colts footy at Perth, or at least try out and yep. go through that kind of um, that system and process." And I was fortunate enough that I was also playing cricket at the same time. Are you good so at cricket? I was, I was playing my wife, whenever she hears me talking about cricket, she starts cringing and she goes, cricket, <laughs> like I was any good. And I was like, I've got to keep explaining to her. I was like, I played all the state sides growing up. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, I wouldn't have played. I, I don't think I'd be, I would have ever made. But you were pretty good. Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would have had a red hot crack and played ones cricket, et cetera. And if she does see this, and she'll laugh at me. <laughs> um, you sound like exactly like Jono does with yeah. one that's pressing the buttons here behind when he talks about his cricket career as well. So. <laughs> well, I had, I had a crack. And um, I ended up had getting an injury. Like I got OP, just overload. You end up being seven Which is so common with, with um, uh, young uh, athletes and when you're playing that real high level of sport because, like you said, you're, you're still doing both. Yeah. And you have to do – you're doing three nights of footy and yeah. three nights of cricket was, and everything else in It was literally and- trained Monday to Friday, especially during cricket time when I was training for p- Colts. It was Monday to Friday training and I'd play Saturday, Sunday yeah. cricket. So much. And yeah. then you've got to think about, like, I'm at school, I'm running a muck at school too, I'm yeah. playing all the school sports – so I, my body wasn't getting the break, wasn't getting the recovery. There was no limitation back then. What you should do as a fast bowler slash trying to play this and that. Like it was just go to your body breaks really. Yeah. Um, and my body, yeah, it did break down with OP and I missed that whole culture. But I stuck at it. Like I was there every night, you know, doing all my rehab, trying to get myself right, following all the instructions and then got the last three games in just through dedication, got a taste of it. And then, yeah, next year after that, carried on and was fortunate in that year to get picked up and um, and then kind of, yeah, was able to forge out a pretty strong career. Amazing. That. And um, that was 2008 draft, 2007 draft? Uh, 2007 draft, yeah. 2008, first Season. year. Yep. Yeah, great. And then you mentioned before how unreal it was walking into Fremantle and meeting all the all, all the big uh, big dogs. What was, uh, what was it like meeting... Mike Harvey for the first time, and what was he like as a coach for you? Yeah, so obviously like Harvey lots of opportunity though, which is great. Early I, was, on. I was actually pretty fortunate in my first year. Um, I think we had uh, Shawnee Mac retire. Yeah, both the Carr brothers retire. Um, so there's a couple of spots that were opening. Peter, up. Peter Bell retired. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think they went, we went off. Oh, fuck! If this guy's going to be letting Goodsy kick eight goals everywhere, we're out. We're I, think, <laughs> I think I was fortunate because that was like the. Maybe five games ago in the season, yeah. so it was kind of worked out nicely that I was Perfect. able to build up a little bit of money in the bank before we Excellent. trialed a few things. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I had like four or five people retire, plus you know the usual three or four that get delisted at the end of the year, and then you know the the four or five that Mark Harvey just doesn't rate or doesn't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was able to be, 
I suppose, fit and healthy at the beginning and and get in there. And I think he loved the way I went about it. Like I was pretty ruthless in that regard on the field. Mm. And this is where all the ammunition comes in for the boys because <laughs> on the field, yeah, I would I would die for my my brothers. Like no hesitation whatsoever. And I think you know, looking back on it now and all the concussion stuff, I wish I kind of had a bit more yeah courtesy for my body, but. Um, I didn't at the time, and I think that's what me and Maddie DeBoer kind of set ourselves up in that regard. Like we would do anything for the team, and I reckon that's how we kind of built our careers. Is like we were so team orientated, knew the role, very analytic, kind of studied everything about the footy and the structures and the whole lot. That when it come to game day, we'd just do what it, what we could for for the team and to make them better. And um, yeah, I think from Harv's perspective, he kind of just yeah, I think he liked that from me and. Gave me a crack, and even when I was having some, you know, patches where I was technically having more tackles and touches, mm. um, I was still getting a gig. And you kind of learn as it goes on, like, yeah, playing that high half forward role is literally the graveyard shift. Um, it was it's extremely challenging in that regard. So I have a lot of respect for everyone out there that plays it um, because I know it so well. So, um, but yeah, I think yeah, we were able to make finals in 2010, and Scotty was Chris Scott was a big part of that in that regard, and. To see him go the next year to Geelong and win a flag proves why. And then yeah. the career Chris Scott's had at Geelong is, oh, it's just been amazing. Uh, even the players that they have at that club has been incredible and to be able to win the flag again. So, it's um, yeah, it's pretty special to be able to be with people like that. But, yeah, then um, how it unfolded, obviously Harv's left in 11 and then um, Ross came in 2012. So yeah. um, that's a whole nother that's story. An, oh, yeah, we're going to get to that. Good <laughs> day, guys. Just a quick little break in the podcast with Chris today, just to remind you to uh, make sure you subscribe to my channels on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube, uh, and also like the episodes and most importantly, rate them as well. It does actually go a massive long way and get them up in the charts and um, uh, makes it more attractive for uh, guests to come on as well. The more uh, rates and um, subscribes and downloads that uh, the podcast is getting, so we'll just really appreciate that. It only takes two seconds. Five stars, of course. Make sure it's five stars. Uh, back to the episode. Here we've got to go. My, my next bit that I wanted to ask was uh, you're saying that so you mainly played like half forward and you're in the 450 with Pav, who's like, you know, icon of, uh, of Fremantle. What was that like playing with Pav? Did he ever give you any good Oh, we got as well. We got some good ones. Did get the yeah. fuck out of here yeah, or what did he do? Yeah, we got some good ones. Um, yeah, but Pav was great in that regard. Early on, um, the, I think the relationship around it was building and the chemistry on the field was building. In 2012 and 13, it really clicked because mm. we were playing number one and two kind of forward. Yeah. Um, but I remember, yeah, where did I start? Um, <laughs> I remember Pav against Collingwood and I was playing, when I was playing against him and um, Langers was just specialist at like dropping off. And I, at that time, I, feel, I felt like I had enough respect for him to stay with me and which was – Definitely not there that night, but um, <laughs> I reckon I'd, I'd let out, got missed, and Langers had dropped off, and Pav was coming, and I reckon Langers just stuck his knee straight into Pav's kidneys. Yeah, and I'd run to the bench after that, and I, and this is because this is how for me how funny when I look back on it because I reckon it must have been like fifteen minutes later I'm standing on the bench in my second spell, and Pav. Pav comes flying off and he's just got these eyes darting everywhere. And I'm like sitting there and I'm just like. What is he looking for? Yeah. So I was like, what the hell? And he kind of walks down and he's like, he's taking a, taking a breath. He's obviously frustrated in the over and I've just stood up because I'm coming on. And he comes back and he says, Maney. I kind of was like, yes. Like, yes, sir. Like, yes. 
and without saying all the language, but if you <laughs> let him drop off one more time and stick my knee in his knee to me, I will kill you. <laughs> and I was Why does just everyone want to kill you. That's oh, what I want to well, there's probably some different language the way it all went about, but I was just like <laughs> far out. Like I was like, mate, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I was like, and then like the way we kind of went about it, I was like, it's 15 minutes ago, and he's still holding on to it. I was like, mate, let it go, Pav. <laughs> Let yeah, it go. Yeah, exactly. Like, Next play. Move on, mate. Yeah, yeah. Hold on to it too long there. <laughs> that was because we won and that was a gag afterwards. But he's um the best thing about, I suppose, with Pad that I love playing with the most is like he would he had like as you see now, obviously presents Channel Nine Sport, etc. And covering the old Aussie Open. Everything. But yeah, yeah everything. Yeah. But he, he the way he speaks, like he could just you could come to a team huddle and you're probably not feeling the best. And then when you leave that team huddle, you're like, oh, oh you're buzzed up. Oh, I'm ready now. I'm right ready. Yeah, he's yeah. got me going. <laughs> and he, the way he'd get on the field and, and he'd play against his opponents and even when they started doing the whole drop drop players off, he'd just have a quiet word, you know, yeah. whatever he'd say, he'd be like, yep, keep sitting there, mate, you know, just going to stick my knee in the back of your head. It's going to be sure. fun for you. It really, it would. And it would be like you could – and I remember just like sometimes just sitting there just watching the reaction of the opponents yeah, yeah. and you could see that they'd heard it. Yeah. And you could see it ticking over in their head like, a big yeah, maybe do I really on. want that? Like, <laughs> Am I getting enough, I suppose, respect from the playing group and my coaches if I really do sit in the hole here? And some of them, not. Nah, I'm happily going to turn around and not sit back in the hole. And yeah, yeah. Some would do it. But, yeah, he would well and truly just talk to his opponents or he'd give some really good lip. But, like, not the dumb lip, like – Oh mate, you're so ugly, or stuff like that. The yeah, amount of times yeah, I got that, yeah. I was like, mate, "Have you got anything new?" Like I've heard this so many times. Like seriously, come up with something new, please. Or you got curly hair. I was yeah, like, "Yeah, no yes? shit." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "I was like, okay." Anyway, but he'd have just really witty um, remarks away. He'd kind of. I give, guess because it's Matthew Bavlage, if he says stuff, you're like, "Oh, yeah." Like you're thinking. He's about got it he's too. got the runs to back it up yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Ballas was completely different. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Just a niggling little shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he would just walk things. up and just start. It he, he, he was like, I remember when we were talking about like strategies and how we're going to go about stuff and how we go about our opponents. And he's just like, mate, just go and give him a little pinch on the back of the elbow. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean, mate? He goes, yeah, well, just give him a little nipple on the back of the elbow there. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. Just do that. Do that. It'd be fine. It's super easy. I'll do I it all like, the time. <laughs> I was like, okay, mate. And he'd be like, yeah, just go and, like, go and elbow him or go and punch him or go start it or be the first one to initiate it. And I was like, mate, that's you. <laughs> I was like, you do you and I'll do me. I'll just keep putting you in the right spot yeah, so you yeah. can do the good things. So there was um, that relationship we had at the time or that chemistry when it was like Pav, Ballas, Sonny, me, Maddie, and then you'd, you'd throw in like the second tall of – Clarkie or Kepler Bradley at the time, um, and then the floating midfielder Mickey Barlow, etc. It was like that was a really um, awesome time to be a part of that forward group, yeah. especially when Summer was our line coach. Because the way he'd run it, it was just everyone like everyone's going to get a lick of the ice cream, and you'd find that all of us through that that period was was definitely getting around the thirty goals a season, and Pav would get his fifty or sixty. But you know that was just that was the role, and it was awesome. So. Um, yeah, that was pretty special the way that would go about it, especially awesome. the big rigs like yeah, that. Yeah, when you get to see definitely. them, how they go about it and all, that was um, that was pretty awesome. But you know why the good players, and especially when I talk about Pendles at the same time, like you know why they're the good players because the preparation that they do off the field, the way they carry themselves, conduct themselves, um, you can see why they're seven or eight-time All-Australian, seven or eight-time 
best and fairest, you know, the countless accolades that they have, those type of players is because of the stuff they do and how they carry themselves. Obviously they've got great talent, yeah. but I've seen talent come in before and walk straight out the door you know, the very next day. It really so. gets you so far, yeah. exactly. Quick little break here again, guys. Just to remind you to make sure you rate the episode if you've been enjoying it uh, thus far. Subscribe to the Potty Magic podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. Uh, and also uh, like the episodes as well. And just share them around and just tell your mates as well. It really does go a long way. Uh, really appreciate uh, you listening along to Potty Magic uh, for all the episodes thus far. And yeah, let's get back into the episode with Chris. Here we go. So you mentioned before, so your coach in 2011 or 2012? 20, 20, 20, 2011, 20. the way it all unfolded for, yeah, Mark Harvey was, yeah. I think there was a bit of a internal slash external review done. Um, we'd all gone on break and then yeah, you find out Mark Harvey's been sacked and Ross Lyon's been appointed. And at the time, because like you said, Mark Harvey was playing me. So, you know, four years of being played, it was um, like without damn. without injury, I would have nearly played every game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really fortunate in that regard because sometimes you didn't have the runs to actually back up being selected the next week. But um I remember when Ross got appointed, I was like, far out, okay, like what's going to happen? So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go into the club, pretend I'm doing something, and if I can bump bump into him, great. I'll just be there. I'll just be hanging around. Just like Natural, try and get organic interaction. Try, try yeah, and yeah. get this interaction started. <laughs> and, I, uh, and I was so happy because like I did actually see him because I, did a, I, did a, I had a fair crack out there. And I was actually still pretty sore on my knee, and I probably shouldn't have, but I was like, I'm, I've got to show like I'm doing stuff. Um, and I remember meeting him upstairs. I went in with Jace Weber. He said, oh, you want to meet him? I was like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> Walked in and then um, he's really like really warming and, you know, introduced himself, blah, blah. And and he kind of was so glad when I looked back at it with Mark Harvey playing me on Goddard because I had a really good game that night. He's like, oh, I remember you playing on Goddard. And I was like, yes, I did. Yes, that I was, was Out ready. of all those yeah. games, I had an absolute stinkers. It was one I played okay <laughs> and you're now good. my new coach. This is hopefully really the good. The stars were aligning just nicely. And because yeah. I always focused on like just forward pressure, being the best pressure player in the game, always racking up on champion data. You saw like, a cracker one for that. He was like, yes. I know exactly what I've got for you. And I was like, you beauty. And then, um, yeah, it all kind of, the way it started, I actually had bloody um, knee surgery. So I was like, oh, no. And I had a little clean out. And then he was like, no, don't stress. After January, we'll see you then kind of thing. You'd be sweet. You'd prime for the season. And I was like, yep. So I did everything right. And I've always been that type of person. I'm going to do everything right. Got out the first training session, bang, laid a few monster tackles, like chase downs, felt good about it and, Remember, like, because obviously you've heard about Ross, so the sarcasm that comes out in his the way he kind of says it all, but he's like, Iconic, "Oh, yes, welcome, Maney, to the training track." And I thought he's pumped me up, but he's like, I "Haven't been out there since." And yeah, I'm just yeah. smashing. I'm just smashing blokes for no reason. <laughs> and the rule was like, don't hit blokes. Like, yeah, there's no yeah, such yeah. thing. A high ball in the air, whistle blows. We don't hit. No, yeah. remember, <laughs> Cros- teammates. Yeah, I remember yeah. Cros, he like took a dangle on Luke McFarlane. Everyone's ball. Ross was like four hundred. And we're like, what? 400? Yep. No, there's no such thing as sticking knees in the back of people, tackling when they don't see, just stopping like two-hand touch. It was so funny. Like, I know I'm just going to rattle onto a different one here, but it was so funny because I go to Collingwood and the first training session is like I rock up and there's a ball to like go back and spoil it. I'm just like got my hand up. This is an opportunity where I could tackle Adi as an um, Adzi, and I'm like, I just pause, oh, two hand touch, yeah, but he runs past me and like kicks it down the field and Bucks absolutely loses it. And I was like, what? And he's like, um, Harves comes over to me at train after training and he goes, mate, just watch the vision. What's, what's with all you putting your hand up all the time? <laughs> I was like, well, that's from like 
with Ross, like if you could get there, you just put your hand up so he like he knows like you've got there, so you've done yeah, the work, exactly, yeah. et cetera. And he, they all just start laughing and blah, blah, and Bucks comes flying over. And he's like, mate, if you can make the tackle, make the tackle. And I was, like, yeah. I was like, in my head, I'm like, what, you want me to kill Adji Trelaw? Like, yeah, yeah, in training, yeah, in I was January. I like, smash yeah. him. I was like, that's not right. I don't believe in that. That's not a part of my philosophy in that regard. But it was so funny how like that unfolded. The opposite, so I've, the opposite so I've come styles, out, yeah, yeah. Come out, done that. But he comes up to me after and says, oh, mate, it's good to have you back out here, blah, blah. And then, yeah, I end up having my best. I suppose my best stint to my footy. Um, you know, I reckon my first four years I had some really good moments, but Ross just made my role so clear. And I think he did that for everyone. The way we kind of went about our business is that in that playing group, you know, in 2012 being such a young side to, I suppose, getting beat by Adelaide and Adelaide when we when we should have won it in that regard and then played in a prelim. But, um, yeah, to get beat in the, in the second semi in Adelaide and then to go the next year playing a grand final – you know, look, if we'd kick straight, I probably could have won. And then, you know, we'd – great story for that one coming up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then we'd played uh, Port Adelaide, knocked out, you know, in a second semi again and then, you know, played – finished top of ladder in 15 um, and end up getting out in a prelim. Um, but, yeah, like that four-year period under Ross, my role was so clear. I was kicking 30 goals and I was doing my role and – trying to be the best pressure player I could be in the comp. So everything I've taken into probably my own coaching philosophy now, a lot of Rossisms come out in me, um, the way I kind of see it. Um, It's so awesome to have him back in the game. I can't wait to watch his first presser. Mm. Yes, it will be good. Thoroughly enjoy that. (laughs) What's your name? Steve, is it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's real real bright there, Steve, real bright. Oh, can't wait. But, yeah, like with Ross, like – Rossisms galore. I remember at the end of every year, Fifey would stand up wherever we were meeting and he'd have like a page full of just Rossisms. Ross quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the way he'd present it and deliver it. He does a good Ross, does he? Oh, we just lose (laughs) it laughing. It was like you'd get through to the end of the year and you'd just get to that moment and you're so excited. It didn't go the way. You'd finally gotten past all that, that, I suppose, being deflated or that misery of the footy. We're not playing the finals, et cetera, or we're – not playing a granny, blah, blah, that's gone. You finally moved on to like we got a bit of break and then we got preseason. And every time we'd get to that year, all the boys would be in that moment. We're all sitting there next like, yes, it's five Here we time. go. <laughs> it's Rossisms. We sit down. We tuck her in. Is that what you call them, Rossisms? Well, yeah. Well, Ross would be sitting there too. He'd be, like, he'd be dusting off. Um, so it was some – yeah, I, I – I, just, I wouldn't do it credit. I think if you can somehow get Fafi on here, you'd bloody love it. So <laughs> yeah, could, that's awesome. That's so good. And uh, you mentioned the whole time through about how uh, your uh, your pressure sort of inside 50 acts and, um, you know, being being the best you could be at tackling. And then you also mentioned just before about kicking lots of goals as well. I remember during that period of time, they were always talking about Chris Main. Oh, most accurate goal kicker, blah, blah. What was that like to have uh, to have everyone talking about how good your yeah, goal kicker was? Well, and what did you do to get both of those crafts and skills, um, you know, so elite like what you did? Well, I remember in 2010, I was – I just – I loved the way Solly went about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to him, I was like, mate, like you hit hard and you don't ever really miss your tackles. And he always talked about just anticipation, like a little bit of my forward craft with what um, – Summer would say, be like, you know, you've got to anticipate what's happening in the stoppage for your leading patterns. And he said the same thing to me. He's like, look, anticipate the feedback or anticipate, you know, that moment where they're going to use that player and just go straight at him and don't stop. Mm. Um, so we started doing some work on that and I started bringing that into my game, how I'd anticipate, all right, well, 
you know, I don't, I know that's happening there, but you know, he's in a really dangerous position, and the way they were kind of structuring up, I'm like, if they're going to win it, they've, he's there for a reason. They've, they're going to try and give it to him. So I'd always position to try and, yeah, I'm, if you're going to look like you're getting it, I'm coming. Um, and that was kind of in general, general play, everything. That was how I kind of worked, went about that um, with the anticipation on trying to lay the tackle. But yeah, 2011, I think I went 25, 27 for the year. And I was flat because I'd missed so many easy opportunities. So I went and seeked out our sports psych at the time um, and just, um, yeah, just went with, with her and focused on a bit of a routine um, that we I guess did. Was, that would have probably been the start of kind of sports psych. So I yeah, well, into it, I suppose so, well. yeah. Like I yeah. reckon that was be really – it really did start to kick in then. But I reckon um, – it, it was all just this new, like Ross is in, you know, Kim Mercer's in. She's um, been a part of the AFL pay before and been amazing. So she's on full time now. Um, and I think it might when the AFL said, look, clubs can have a sports site. Like there's no cost to your department um, salary that way. So yeah. Is that right? There's no cost to – Well, I think um, there's the no are. cost to the clubs in there if they have sports sites on. Yep. Um, which I think is a great idea. Like, yeah, most definitely. Know, it's so, – so I think – Utilize so much more now than it was then, but yeah, we would sit down and do like two or three sessions a week on just routine mental imagery visualization, and then I'd rehearse it out in the park, and I just as in you would work together on all right, cool. This is what my routine yeah. is going to be. This is what I'm going to think about when I yeah. So we would have it shop. literally. This is how I'd be. I'd be sitting on the couch. So eyes, interesting, yeah. I'd sit on the couch, eyes closed, go through my breathing to start with, get centered, then would read out the script that I wrote. It would be Stephen Hill comes out of the middle, him or David Bundy, because if you lead to those two, you get it them. only hits you one spot. <laughs> and it would just be like I'd see Stephen Hill coming out to his left, I push off my opponent, lead at his leg, I jump in the air, I feel like the, the, the sweat drip down my face, in my hands, bang, the ball hits me between the hands, take a, a, a marker, go back seven, mark it again, go back 13, mark it again. Pick my spot between the goals, take two deep breaths, double tap my right knee, trigger my walk in, take the four, then the jog, then the follow through, keep the head down. And we'd go through that over and over wow. and over for 10 minutes. And then I'd get out there and then I'd do that. And I got to a point where um, I didn't, I literally, when I got the ball and I was kicking a goal, mm. I was like, okay, I finally, finally got one today because. The way it looked, like the way you think about it, like you get fifty entry, average fifty entries a game. Twenty five of them automatically go back out rebounds. So then, out of the other twenty five that you've got coming in, depending on the, I suppose where they get marked, are they, you know, fifty to sixty, you know, inside thirty, you kind of there your looks of where you're getting them, and it's like what angle you're getting them. So how are we actually delivering the ball inside fifty is key. But then it's like, well, there's seven other forwards. Mm. So out of that twenty five, you know, with the seven. You know, what are three, seven, 21? So you may be getting three and a half looks a game. Out of the whole game of 120 minutes, you might get three and a half looks hmm. at goal. And if you play in the graveyard, <laughs> you may be getting one. Yeah, yeah, Pav's yeah. getting 10. Yeah. That's what's happening. You know, we, Pav could have seven on him hmm. and we're like, yes, Pav. Yeah, yeah. Bang. And, and he doesn't get it. And you're like, Pav, what are you doing, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah. well, you know, you just expect him to beat seven. So like then we finally went away from that and started being like, all right, well, out of the seven, let's utilize more. And at that time, I started to work into being a bit of a um, duo with Pav. Like, all right, well, if he plays high, I'll play deep kind of thing. Um, given the fact, like, Clarkie and, and Kep would kind of work each side. Um, 
So you'd get a few more looks and I was like, look, the more looks I get, the better I'm going to be. And I think the trust I got up the field from our mids was like, if they kick it at me, I'm actually going to score. Where prior to that it was like, all right, we can't trust Manny because he's not going to kick go. He'll probably kick it out in the full. So that was a really good feeling. It was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to capitalize on the hard work that was done. Um, and then I reckon, yeah, really good. 2012 didn't miss. 2013 very good. But I think it became public knowledge. And then the media pressure. And I then, started I to listen. Say, then, the, then the pressure because every then, time I can still just hear yeah. BT going, oh, and he's the most accurate, you know, he sets up the game. I, I remember it definitely like, would get yeah, to there was sure. games where I'd come back and I was going to get a set shot and they'd like, even the commentary now against Port Adelaide, like I remember going out there at Amy Park, knowing the wind perfectly. I knew if I hit left post, going to swing back nicely. Commentary's like, oh, well, you put coffees on him now, he's going to miss. Nah, bang, straight through the middle. I knew it was happening. But. It was like those type of listening to that all the time and then listening to the commentary or teammates or something like you can't miss, blah, blah. I reckon your mind's like, well, hold on. Mine's pretty strong in that way. You always seem to take in negative a lot more than you actually can take in positive. Mm. And mine's there's definitely there's someone up there that wants to screw with you. So it's it just got a hold of me in a bit. I couldn't change the script. I couldn't change like what was happening. And I reckon I went from being so consistent to like, oh, I better kick this. I better kick this because the pressure's like expected to kick it. And yeah, I end up. And then once the players opposition you, you could hear them saying my script out to me as I'm about to have a set shot. Mm-hmm. And I could hear them talking. I remember Mark Carr. I'd literally mark the ball and he'd be like, that's it. Mark your spot. Take your seven. Take your 13. Really? Don't forget your two taps. Like something so clever. I wish he just said, mate, you're so ugly. Yeah, yeah. I would have like, been, oh, uh, you've heard yeah, that before. Yeah, exactly. No but he worries. said that and I was like, wait. Yeah. And it just threw me and I went. I just didn't have the part of the follow through. I already looked up. As I literally dropped it, I already looked up. So I leant right back on it and then kicked it um, on the instep and I was like, far out. Yeah. I was like, why did I listen to that? Um, so then was that something that you then went and worked on with sports psychologists after that to try to like, you know, to, to get like a solution? We, to, we, we did. We did. Um, but I think it came to the point of like the actual time out there where you would actually have set shots, it got reduced and reduced because mm-hmm. of obviously all the sports science and stuff behind like load, et cetera. Yep. So like I've gone from having 100 shots a goal to having maybe like 20. And, you know, in that 20, it's all that time that you get allocated to have shots. Um, I might have, like, missed seven out of the 10. Mm-hmm. And I can't rectify it. You know, I get through to the 60-odd shots I had earlier in 2011 and stuff. You know, I've probably kicked, you know, 45, missed the 15, but you feel a lot better. And by the end, I'd walk off like, fuck, nothing's working, like. And you start beating yourself up again. So, and I guess, like you said, the reps weren't there. Yeah, like I wasn't just, getting enough reps in to probably back up what I was doing. Um, I was just fortunate in that regard that I was. <laughs> I think it was in 2016 we had a horrendous year from compared to 2015. Gone from winning every game to losing every game, um, and all the cracks started to appear and all the spot fires started to happen. Um, but yeah, I was played down back for second half of the year. I think ended up kicking like 18 goals at the beginning of half. Played down back and then. The way I kind of saw the writing on the wall with, you know, the young kids and Ross and I suppose how it all looked for him as a coach. And, yeah, I thought, yeah, for me to get the best out of my own career again. And, and at that time I met my, my wife or my partner at the time, who's now my wife and mother of my children. Her future was probably abroad or elsewhere as well. So we'd made the decision with my manager that we would look abroad and, yeah, 
pies come calling. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And before we get to all the pies stuff, you obviously played in some really successful teams in periods with Fremantle as well. Obviously, 2013 grand final. Tell me about all that real success with Fremantle. Tell me about the 2013 season and obviously the seasons after as well that were also very uh, winning seasons. Yeah, well, I think the two periods, like the way I look at my career, like really love being drafted. First year is in, in uh, special. Second year, injury the whole year. Third year, play finals. Fourth year, um, we're nowhere as a team again. Then Ross comes in. We have four successful years. And, you know, talking to Pendles when I obviously got to meet him and become good mates with him was like when we played Freo at that period of time, you knew you were in for a, a hard-fought win because mm. we would always just suffocate sides. They'd score 40, but we'd score 41. Yep. Like we always found a way to score more than what you needed. Um, and we had a really good, I suppose, win-loss ratio during that time. So my footy in that time with Ross – um, loved it. We were dominant. We won some amazing games like the qualifying final against Geelong um, down there. Um, you know, even hard-fought wins throughout the seasons. You know, Richmond at the MCG in 2012, never beaten them there. Uh, stuff like that, which was really special moments I look back on now and loved. Um, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed those big moments. And then you got to play, yeah, as a granny, 2013, I look back on it now, I suppose why my second chance at it was completely different from a personal point of view because I remember going through the – and sat with crowds in the car, but I remember going through the parade and we're all like – we're all laughing. We're so excited. How awesome is this? We're in a granny. I remember remember standing up there. um, You look at both sides when we stand there apart from each other and and Hawks obviously the year before had got beat against um, Sydney Um, and you could just see like they're stilled – know what's ahead and we're all laughing and pointing out people in the crowd and having a good time. Soaking it up, yeah. Soaking yeah. up and Hawks were completely different. They were just like, no, it's business. We know what you got to do. And, yeah, you know, we get obviously smacked in the face in the first half and, and then from our own probably misses, don't put enough pressure on and find a way to just really throw it at them in the third quarter uh, with the breeze in our favour um, and then, yeah, that late, um, Jack Gunston goal, obviously Worst. frustrated. Oh, this year. Worst, don't remind me. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon Duff might not like that too. Uh, but uh, I think it was Duff that was on him. But, yeah, obviously that that then put it enough in front. And, yeah, we still had our moments. But, yeah, there's nothing worse when you, you're standing on the field and you look over the bench um, and a young Bradley Hill. <laughs> starts pumping around on the boundary line and you know that they've won at that point of time and, yeah, siren goes, you're kind of deflated. And and I think from that moment I was like, nah, we're definitely, we'll definitely be back. I'll be back here. We've got a pretty good side. Um, 2014 comes around, you miss out. 15 comes around, you miss out. 16, wow. 17, oh, going to the pies thinking, you know, knowing when clubs players have come to Frio, yeah. like they play all the time. Yeah. Go to the pies. <laughs> Find yourself being the highest paid VFL player, um, as a lot of people, Unreal. as a lot of people kept telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, I find a way, just like I've always done. You know, I'm going to get myself in here, and yeah, I was end up playing in um, in the 2018 granny, and I knew what was needed. And I had a few boys that had that experience before as well. At Freer, we had none. So you know, with with Steel and Pendles and Travi Varco and Goldie, like they. Really They'd good been for, there and they were really know. good for the other boys that hadn't yeah. had finals experience until that year. So um, I reckon the best thing about it was it was really awesome again to get there and to get through that adversity, but that hurt the most. That mm. ripped me. 
you know, I even see some raw footage from people on the boundary line that are filming Dom Sheed kick that from the pocket out of his ass. Mm. And you can see me on the side as it left his boot. I'm looking – I didn't look at the ball. I looked straight at him. And then I glanced up and I saw it was going in and the waterworks started. Yeah. I, I didn't know how long was left. But to me, I knew that moment was so significant and it broke my heart. I was like – because I'd, I'd given everything I possibly could that game and I was just – yeah, it – it ripped me to shreds. Mm-hmm. It was nearly similar to the point in 17 where I was rocking up to the club just crying because I didn't want to get out of the car. Mm. Um, and I was just like, I knew at that moment, again, part of me was like, we're a good bloody side. We can get back here. But I was like, I'm not going to get another look at Premiership success. And my, I remember my wife was distraught. Oh, partner at time was distraught as well. But even the next year and the year after, she's like, you know, when we just miss out again, we just miss out again. She's like, look, you get it as a coach. You get it as a coach. And I was like, I'm still playing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know how hard, I know how hard it is to get yeah. there. So I'm kind of agreeing with her. I'm like, she knows how hard it is to, this, the work and effort to get there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, those moments and those big games. It's a brutal know. industry. It's brutal. 2018, you know, you, that, that prelim against Richmond. Oh, that was incredible. So there's moments in the season, even though I have that, that I suppose, um, heartbreak, there's still those moments where you look back and go, fire, that was unreal. Yeah. That was awesome. 95,000 people roaring. And what we did to Richmond, who were probably the best side, over, which they proved, to win the next two after that was like, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Obviously from Fremantle traded to Collingwood. Um, how did that trade come about? Was that something that you wanted to do or was that something that Collingwood approached you to do or was it right uh, look, I think from Frio or what we, was, we was Frio put an offer up right at the beginning of the season and I was, I kind of felt like that offer was riding on the wall as well. Like it wasn't a really substantial offer the amount of service i gave to the club life member and that's why i love the club so much but mm. i was like that's not going to finish my career that contract yeah um and my manager was pretty much in the same boat but i was just like look i'll worry about footy you deal with that so he obviously in that point of time was like no to Frere, like that unless you're going to change your offer who's like, your manager as well colin young yeah i think he's just the best in the business yeah uh, if i was any young player out there i'd be definitely sourcing out corporate sports um, and getting Colin Young and Dukes on board because of what they do for you in the boardroom. Yeah. Like you can get so many co- um, managers that are like, oh, I'll get your tickets to this or that and that. Like, I want that, mate. Like, yep. get me longevity in the game. You know, be thinking a step ahead, fight for me in the war room, get me my contract, et cetera. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I think he's the best. Um, so for me, then I was like, he, he did that and I focused on what I had to do. Um, and he came to me and said, look, there's a few clubs that are interested. They're in Melbourne. Are you open to it? And, you know, my partner at the time, oh, yeah, my wife, Britt, she was like, yep. Like for her it was great because it gave her her dream back. So for Is me – she was, from Melbourne? No, nah, she's a Perth yep. Perth person as well. So it was um, – but her work and what she did was in Melbourne. Mm. Um, so we were just like, yep, let's go. We entertained it. Season finished. And I think walking off that game when Pav retired – you know, I was pretty emotional at the same time because I was like, wow, this is the last game I've ever played for Freeman Footy Club. Mm. Unless Freo changed their offer dramatically. And yeah, but that's I, what the vibe was. I knew it wasn't going to happen because I knew they'd already teed up getting a second round conversation and getting Bradley Hill for it. So mm. I knew there was no change in that. I literally walked in my exit meeting and Bondi and Ross like, it's been a pleasure. And I was just like, at the time I was kind of playing dumb, but I was just like, so you're definitely not going to like talk about mm-hmm. trying to keep me here. They're like, no, see them, mate. Really? Well, in a way, like, they were really good about it. They were like, we we know the offer that you're probably going to get abroad. You know, we think the way they saw I played my footy at the time was like maybe they thought I'd gone past my best. Yep. And I still felt I had a lot to give and I felt like I proved. How old were you at that stage? 27. Yeah. So I felt like I proved that a lot against 
being at Collingwood. Yep. I felt like I proved I could go to another level yep. in the way I played, and I think I did that with like statistically high mm. in, in a lot of other areas. So I was proud I was able to kind of bounce back and do that. But that was really fine with that in the regard. In the end of it, I was like, yep, uh, went to the BNF, finished sixth that year, which was pretty nice as well, and then went to the Pies and we'd had all this. I had the chat with Bucks and everyone there, CEO, president, blah, blah, everyone was really happy, excited for me to come. And then it was just like the wheels fell off. The media absolutely tore shreds off me. The club never supported me. Mm. Um, you know, without probably Jesse White and Crispy and Blairy, probably three blokes that were really supportive of me that year, like it would have been really hard. And that wasn't to say the other players weren't supportive. And the criticism was for um, for the contract that Colin well, had given it, you and, and not playing as many yeah, games. Yeah, well, I think the fact was like was why it? would you get, you know, a 27-year-old that's – um, and given a contract like that, and it's like, well, it's not my fault. It's like when Brody Grundy got his contract. Exactly. Good yeah. on you, mate. Like, exactly. Thanks. Yeah. It's not me. Like, I didn't. I didn't. Amount of people that thought it was yeah. my fault, and I was like, it's not my fault. They gave me the contract. They saw yeah. value in me. Like yeah. I've been able to do my role pretty well. Um, but then, yeah, the it wasn't that the other players didn't give support. It was like that unknown. Like who is he? And we we didn't have enough time to bond and gel. And I think got to the end of the year, reset button hit, and I went away focus on a really strong running and training program, came back, put myself in the best shape I possibly could be, changed my role. I said, I'm not a forward anymore. Like that's how I saw myself. Like I've, I want to take that wing spot because I saw there was a spot there. Um, and then had some really awesome games in the VFL. And thanks to Riv, who was the VFL coach at the time, like, yeah, his support throughout the year was incredible too. So, um, yeah, I was able to put some really good performance on the park. And then, yeah, funny enough, like when Aishi did his knee against Richmond, he was the winger with Tom Phillips at the time. That Bucks wasn't going to move, and Aishi did his knee, and I was able to come straight Slot in. Right Aishi gave him my first game too because he actually pulled out sick. So oh, wow, I was emergency. So I owe a lot to Aishi yeah, too at the same you. time. He's, 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 awesome. he's at Freo, so <laughs> um, yeah. But I was able to, I suppose, get get the reward in that regard through hard work, and then yeah, I think the players got to know what I did on the field and how I would be team first, and then. Yeah, the coaches got to know, and I think the coaches that came on at the time, JL and and Buddha Hocking and a few other personnel around the, the club, like that type of influx of good people mm. made a huge difference. So, mm. um, yeah, I was able to bounce back and get it done. And how was Bucks as a coach? I didn't get along with him really well at the fir- my first year. I think we butted heads. Yeah. I think I took a lot of Ross with me, like having that feeling safe enough to speak up in a room and say your ideas and how you feel and looking at things. But like he would say something and I would – for me, it's like I'm, I was like, well, that's not – you're not backing up what you're saying. And I think that's where we butted heads a lot. Like his idea was to go out there and have 30 and kick three. <laughs> but I was like, mate, I'm playing half forward. Like yeah, exactly. that does not happen. Like that's you as the half forward because mm. you're just a champion of the game. But mm. that's not me as a half forward. I'll give you the tackles and get my roughly around the 12, 14 disposals, hopefully have some scoreboard involvement, yes. Well, I think it's very much – like you said, it's just that different coaching style where Ross was – very role oriented. Ross was like, you give me one inside 50 yep. tackle a game, you give me some scoreboard pressure a game, I'm done. Yep. I don't need you to have 25 and 30. Like Versus Bucks was like everybody. I want you to have to 25. Yeah. You gotta yeah. have like plus twenties and kicking few and stuff. So once we'd broken down in our 2018 preseason at Goldie, like what each role was, made it really clear for the coaches, players, the whole lot. It's all about know your role, play your role. And that was kind of what we I was like what I'd try to bring in as well. And I remember catching up with Pendles at a cafe at the end of the year and I was like, mate, like I'm here for another four years. Like I'm not going anywhere. Like I want to play. I, I feel like I can play such a big role. I think we have a great list. 
And I think that that moment when we had that, like I think our relationship changed as well because it had been still pretty good throughout the year. Like I suppose two older players would have constantly chats about a game and stuff, but I was never playing. Mm. So I couldn't really bounce back and forth with him. But I think he saw what I was able to offer and, yeah, then he really got in my corner and really got behind me in that regard. And and then all the, the relationships grew with Steele and Howie and Adzi and Tay and Levi and – BG and stuff like it all got, but I was always along the lines of like I'll give myself to everyone. Yep. So from you know the first year players that came in to the rookies to the senior players, so I was able to forge out a really strong, I suppose, career in the end. And um, yeah, I love the club. Yeah. And I love the fact that I was able to do that because I think it holds me in good stead going forward in my own coaching yeah, most aspirations. Definitely. And and I like I said, I've still got a huge aspiration to be um, at an AFL club, be an assistant coach, be an AFL coach one day. Um, and I even looked at being in the waffle uh, at the same time. But I suppose for the short period of time, it's focused on family first and then, you know, whatever happens. But like we said right at the beginning, like being at Trinity, I'm, I'm extremely happy that I'm able to bring what I learned from that period uh, into the Trin- Trinity football program. Yeah, definitely. And then that period that you were saying that, you know, you're a little bit in and out, you went away and you had that really big off season and did all the work. What were you actually doing in that off season? To get you back yeah. to that sort of level, was uh, it uh, with, um, diet stuff? Was it training? Was it all of it? What were you doing? Worked on running. Trying, wanted to find a bit more speed. So I worked with Bowden Babajak, yep. um, Baba in Melbourne, and um, and Dom. Um, he's uh, two I see in a way, and we just worked on all footwork, being faster in out of the blocks, so that when I'd come to, to training, I'd be able to get in and out of out of the gates pretty quickly. Um, and then worked on my endurance, be able to run all day like a winger would. Um, my diet was pretty consistent at the time, being plant-based, so I was fine with that and that was really beneficial for me. But I was able to, I suppose, come back and even Buck said, geez, like you're running really well. Um, then he would talk about like my forward stuff. And I'm, I remember to this day, he was like, oh, I was playing on the wing in the VFL and I was dominating. I was like happy with footy for once. I was yeah. like, oh, like, you know what? In my head, if I'm playing, I'm going to play my best footy. And he's like, look, I remember Riv coming up to me and then Buck said, and he goes, like, we, we want to play his half forward. And I was like, why? Like, I'm playing really good footy. This is on the train track, like, before the game, train even started. I was like, why, though? And he's like, oh, I'm playing really good footy, you know, on the wing. And he's like, oh, but we want to see how you're going to go across half forward, you know, for obviously looking at future games come forward. I was like, Bucks, I played 10 years as a forward, mate. If yeah. you don't know how players are forward, then I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. And I think that type of, like, most players, I'd suppose, would be, okay, yeah, I'll play forward. I was just like, oh, no. Like, mm. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of that confrontation. Then like he'd like walk off and I walked off, but I just had a great game. Yeah. And I had his numbers and kicked his goals he wanted. I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Get we like we even we even butted heads again with like the whole um the emergency and stuff like that. Like we were moving house at the time and and this was like the next week after, and I was like, I waited for the team to be called out. Yep, not emergency, not traveling, I'm playing at home, sweet. There's no need for me about the part of the club. Mm. Yeah, Britt, quickly get the um, movers. We're going. We'll move to the house now. Mm-hmm. So bang, we're into moving. Get a call at 6.30. Bucks like, mate, we want you to travel with the team as emergency. I was like, mate, I'm moving house right now. I can't go. Yeah. And he's like, okay, no worries, blah, blah. Then he gets to training next week and he's like, well, we thought you would have gone. I was like, oh, fire it, mate. Like, I'm like, the fifth emergency. I, know, I was like, like man, I'm not doing this. Like, yeah. we're not, we're not, I'm not doing this before training. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing it. And yeah. then we seemed to kind of slowly get past it. But, yeah, we – in the end, like I remember right at the end, obviously when his time was up, like really embracing him with a hug and I genuinely had, I suppose, love for him in that regard. Like 
the coach in, of his caliber and what he'd done for the game and everything he'd be able to achieve, for him to, I suppose, change his mentality about me and to be able to give me a shot and build a relationship with him and get to know me was massive because sometimes you'd, I've seen that not happen before. Um, when she's not liked by the coach, you end up finding yourself out the door at another club. So I just thought that was so – that was I was so – he had so much respect for me in that regard and, yeah, that's why I'll, even like today I'd have a, happily have a conversation with him. I've talked to him a few times, checked in how he's going and vice versa. So um, my relationship with him out of probably all my coaches is the strongest. Uh, so when you look back on the Collingwood days, you, you like that you went and did that and that journey and that was a really successful part for you as well that you – Back in your football journey? Loved it. Yeah. Um, so you're free or a Collingwood supporter now? Both. Bit of both. Yeah, yeah bit yeah, of both. Yeah. Well, I remember going to the Collingwood Freo game here. I was so excited because I got to take my daughter. Yeah, great. Um, as Ben Life member, you get the ticket. So it was awesome. And then the manager says, mate, look, I'm up in the box. Do you want to come up? I was like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come straight up, thanks. <laughs> um, so it was all, but it was just like to be able to be at a game with my daughter and watch the two clubs I played for and have genuine love for both of them, all the boys out there. Was awesome. Unreal. Yeah, it was unreal, and and I think even when they played each other this year in the finals, I was like, whoever wins, like I'm really happy for them. I I, I suppose I led a little, leaned a little bit more towards Collingwood because like my relationship with that group because you've got more guys that you actually more played with yeah still compared there, yeah. to Free I'd maybe like a handful I still knew yeah um but yeah I, right now like I think for me like I'm I don't support really anyone in the AFL other than the boys I know so like. BG at Melbourne, I'll support yep. him. Lockie at Brizzy, like I really want Lockie to go the whole way, but yet Pendles and Steele and Tay. At, of course. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah, yeah. Um, at the Pies and then Sonny at, still at Freo. Well, it's good because you can never really lose really. Then, yeah, I've got, I've got, got a few. Hey, I reckon I might have like maybe six or seven, hopefully in the top eight again. So Great. whoever wins will be pretty beneficial in that regard because, yeah, add you at Doggies as well. So I just want to see good footy. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I think the, where the game's going, it's still – you know, trending up, which is great. Um, I think the game's awesome and I think the changes that have come in have made it pretty special too. So, yeah. um, And at what point did you know that that was your done with, you know, in terms of uh, needing to retire, wanting to retire? How did that all come about? I think when the whole COVID situation um, was really tough, uh, the restrictions put on family, can't get into WA. Yep. We've got a young family. Like my parents hadn't seen – out of my two kids, like they'd – like out of the year and a half, nearly two years, like they'd seen so the kids for maybe three weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, Brit's mum and dad the same, maybe like a couple of months. So um, knowing that we're going to have our second, our little boy, um, and we were like far out. Like there's just generally no family support or – and all our close friends at the time as well were having kids. Mm-hmm. So like to try and lean on them, it's like they've got their own issues. So it was really isolated in that regard. Like I'd go off to training and – do everything, but Britt would be stuck at home with the kids trying to figure out what to do. Yep. Like you, you got all these COVID protocols, so you can't go to like do play groups, so you can't go to like fun activities. So it's like literally cabin fever. So mm-hmm. at that point of time, I was like, unless Collingwood generally like put an offer out that is like refusable, then yep. I think that's me. And I sat down with Riley and I said, Look, mate, like unless like I have a contract now, like it's I'm I'm happy to say I'm I'm done. Mm. And he was good. He was like, look, this is where it's at. Like, we don't want you to make the decision right now. Like, we think there's still a spot for you here. Obviously, still in the best 22, but we can't make a decision right now. It's probably going to have to wait till, like, maybe November or October, like, right at the end of it all, pretty much what happened to Coxie and stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't wait till then, mate. Like, I'm coming out of lease. I need to get a new place. We've obviously got our family. We need to make decisions on that. Like, 
I know I'm putting in a bit of it. I need to know by the end of this week, kind of thing. And yeah. he he was pretty honest and mate, I can't do that. And I was like, man, that's it, man. Yeah. I'm I'm sweet. I'm I'm happy with it. And I think he was a bit taken back because it was still three weeks to go. But I was like, in my head, I'm like, if I give three weeks for a bit of a buzz, I might be able to get something lined up before getting back there. Of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, I sat with the manager, said, yeah, that's man, it's done. Um, I ended up having a concussion again at the end, beginning of the year. And it was probably like I was done then because, mm-hmm. like, my body had been through so much. I wanted to have a bit more longevity with the kids, dealing with concussions and stuff. And I think the fact, like – Have you had any issues, like, now with it no, or no, nothing no. yet? Touch wood. Which has yeah. been good, yeah. So, But I think it was more like the way I finished as well. I was able to go out playing good footy. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to hang on, have the game kind Three of, like, games would have been go great. past you. Well, <laughs> I did want to put myself up for the old supplementary kind of, like, COVID protocol person, yeah, 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 but yeah. I hadn't decided to play till right to the end anyway, so I couldn't get picked for that either. Yeah. Might have been able to sneak out two games West Coast. Yeah. Um, that would have been funny. Um, but I was, I was able to just be like, yep, yeah, no stone unturned. I've given everything, you know, to this game. Um, but my Melbourne journey was incredible. First year 17, <laughs> kicked to the VFL, getting absolutely hurled abuse every week. You know, definitely plenty of tears, plenty of moments where I've stopped and started crying, some really dark times. 18, playing a granny. <laughs> the f- Unreal. The, changing the, it, yeah, flipped yeah, it, yeah, playing a granny. Got married at the end of the year. Go go on a honeymoon, go to 19, end up playing in um, a prelim, um, get beat by five points, like a heartbreak there, have a kid. Then go into 2020, COVID comes about, go on a hub, you know, live in the hub and then come to 2021, have another kid. Mm. So my whole experience of Melbourne like the five on. years yeah, was yeah. married, um, granny, prelim, two kids. Um, my wife got to live uh, out her dream a, li- a little bit more before taking on obviously the full-time mum and awesome mum she is. So um, it was a pretty special time. And now to be back here into Trinity um, with everyone there that's so just welcoming and the place, it's a great school, run really well by our leaders and I'm really looking forward to what we can do this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, aspirations to then, you know, see where you can go with your coaching career. I'm well. really happy because the fact – Like the, the amount of like stuff you said today, that has been like, wow. Like, yeah, the, you know, the in being – like the tactics involved and all that sort of stuff that you've being sort of direct, has been really impressive. Being director of footy there and, and now first 18 coach next year, um, the amount of work I've already done now, like getting, you know, journals through the Inner Game Journal, um, he's been really great. Um, providing player journals, coach journals, friends of footy, getting all this kind of extra IT, like really bringing a professional kind of outlook to Trinity football to really change obviously the last probably say decade of where Trinity football has been, which is kind of at the bottom. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. We've got a great bunch of kids, got some great support staff and coaches, teachers involved. Um, so to be able to sink my teeth into that this year is really exciting. Plus, you know, finish off an degree, have another kid. So it's going to be pretty busy, but – um, if footy comes about in the AFL again, great. But if I become uh, a longevity teacher at Trinity and run the footy program there, I'm extremely happy. Mate, I think they're going to be very happy with uh, with having you there. I think they're very lucky. But, uh, mate, thank you so much for uh, coming and being so generous with your time. Uh, some great stories there. That's, you know, 
so, so cool to hear all of that. And um, yeah, what an amazing career. And thank you so much. Nah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Too good. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And that's another episode of Potty Magic all wrapped up. Thank you very, very much for tuning on in. And uh, thank you so much for Chris for coming on down, being so generous with your time. And what a football brain that guy's got. Just ticking away all the time. And I can't wait to see where his uh, uh, coaching career goes next. But I uh, really, really enjoyed that chat. And I hope you did as well. Uh, just uh, uh, as always, make sure you rate the episode uh, on Spotify five stars. Obviously, that's definitely a five star episode if I've ever recorded one. Uh, and uh, subscribe to my channels on both uh, Spotify and Apple Music. Like the episodes, just share it around. Tell your mates. Um, and yeah, I will um, see you next episode. Thanks very much for joining us. Buddy, love your work.